system had just been created, enabling two synthesizers from different manufacturers to communicate with each other, expanding the possibilities of the home studio. The sounds of new wave and techno were sweeping through the world with bands such as Depeche Mode, New Order, Ministry, and Yazoo. It was also a huge year for many of the major synthesizer makers, all of them quickly adopting the MIDI protocol. Getting an affordable polyphonic synthesizer into the hands of the many aspiring musicians outside of the professional market was the avenue to success. What you're about to hear is a milestone. milestone. At the same time, Yamaha surprised everyone and unleashed FM synthesis to the mass markets with its hugely popular DX line of synths. Lacking knobs and just going with membrane switches made the DX7 production very cost-effective. The DX synths also just looked very modern. Meanwhile, Korg had launched its MIDI-capable Poly 800 at a very affordable price of $800, again with membrane controls and limited knobs and sliders. It was an instant hit as its price point was unmatched at this time. Sequential launched its Prophet 600 in 1982 as the first production MIDI synthesizer. This was considered to be a cheaper version of the Prophet 5 with mostly comparable features. To compete with this, Roland needed a modern synth with MIDI capabilities in the $2,000 price range that would be a more affordable polysynth than the beastly Jupiter 8. Thus was born the Jupiter 6. To stay true to the Jupiter line, the Jupiter 6 had many of the sliders and controls of its big brother, but internally it was very different, using stock Curtis ICs as found in the sequential Prophet 5 Rev 3 and the Prophet 600. With many options for aspiring synthesists to choose from, the Jupiter 6 was soon forgotten. In 1984, Roland's conversion to a full membrane, knobless, and sliderless synth line to match the DX7 was released with the JXAP, along with a much more budget-friendly and hugely popular synth, the Juno 106. Architecturally, the Jupiter 6 is laid out much like its big brother, but with only six voices instead of eight as on the Jupiter 8. Each voice has two analog VCOs that can be sent to various wave shapes. Unlike the Jupiter 8, you can actually select multiple wave shapes at once that can combine to make more complex sonic options. 
There are plenty of modulation options with LFO1 and the envelope modulator, as well as a handy LFO2 which can be assigned to the big white button on the lever panel for live performances. A VCF can also be assigned to this button for some excellent filter effects. Speaking of the VCF, this is where things really differ from its big brother, as it has a multi-mode filter, giving 4-pole low-pass, 4-pole high-pass, and 2-pole band-pass options. Inside the Jupiter 6, you'll see a much cleaner design than its predecessor. The Curtis ICs provide for many fewer components, and the Jupiter 6 makes use of the Curtis 3340 VCO, which has 12, and the 3360 VCA, which it has 6, and it retains the same Roland IR3109 VCF found in many of the Roland synths of that era. Due to being one of the very first MIDI synths on the market, the Jupiter 6 came with very stock MIDI functionality and very limited implementation. I'm not sure if this was just due to rushing the synth to the market or because MIDI was just so new that the Roland engineers needed more time, but early versions only provided note on and off and program change. Later versions provided some capability to assign different MIDI channels to the split keybed. In 2001, two engineers from Oregon formed Synthcom Systems and released the long-awaited Europa firmware upgrade for the Jupiter 6. The Europa firmware was a ground-up re-engineering of the Synth software, and with the 8051 MPU installed, it provided a full expanded and modern MIDI functionality to the Synth, along with SysX and advanced arpeggiator features. So where does this leave the Jupiter 6 today? Of the 5,000 Jupiter 6 sold, most of them made it into the hands of budding electronic music producers, creating a new type of music based on forgotten analog gear and drum machines that could easily be found in thrift shops and secondhand stores, such as the TR-808 and TB-303. I found my Jupiter 6 in 1993 for a price of around $500, which even then seemed high. was used in some songs you know and love. Check out Orbital's use of the Jupiter 6 on its iconic Brown album. enjoyed the story of the Roland Jupiter 6, a forgotten gem in the lineup of Roland's 80s synthesizers. 
most of the current owners of Roland Jupiter 6s consider it to be one of their favorite synths for techno music. And along with its 1983 brother, the TR-909, it certainly hits all the right notes. Thanks for listening. Do you think Patty has got a Jupiter 6 up at Roundhead? I think they will have a Jupiter of some sort, maybe an 8. They might have the more grunty 8, which we could play next week. Now, Sam Smith, B News, you've actually just been up at Roundhead for a product launch. Yes. A music streaming site. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's it called? Cobuzz. It's French. It's French, but it's more of like a... It's like um, high-fidelity, top-notch audio quality WAV files, you Mm -hmm. know, that kind of thing. High-res audio. High-res. Yeah. 24-bit. So kind of like Tidal. Yes. Um... But, uh, yeah. Could you feel the booze? I could feel the bass. Hey, guys, is there much booze? <laughs> Can I have more bass on that, please? Can you feel the booze? Um, I've never been to Roundhead, so it was pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. The, 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 they turn it right the, up? The booze. They did turn it right up in the in the old control room there, on the mm-hmm. old Neve mixing desk. Did it feel good? It felt bloody good, mate. Did you see the cigarette burn? Oh, they, they told about old mate Keith Moon's yeah, cigarette Keith burn. Moon, yeah. Burnt the cigarette there. Yeah, he did, That's yeah. That's where Keith Moon fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going around taking pictures of everything. I was like a little kid. Okay, you're actually not allowed to take pictures in there, so. Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, thank you to Roundhead. Check him out. Mm, get recording up there. Book, book studio time. Tools of the trade. Tools of the trade. Tools of the trade on 95 BFM. Thanks.